Welcome to Vanguard Radio. The Aryan Alternative, news and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. Some man you just can't reach. I don't like it any more than you, man. You needn't take it any further, sir. You proved to me that all this ultraviolence and killing is wrong, wrong and terribly wrong. I've learned the lesson, sir. I see now what I've never seen before. I'm cured, praise God. You're not cured yet, boy. But, sir, listen. I see that it's wrong. It's wrong because it's like against society. It's wrong because everybody has the right to never be happy without being told chop the knife. No, no, boy. You really must leave it to us. And be cheerful about it. In less than a fortnight now, you'll be a free man. Welcome to Goyfire. This is our 26th show. Uh, we have a series of topics tonight. First one, indoctrinating students at Temple University. We have Operation Wetback Revisited. Wacky Pat Robertson, more Zionist than Sharon. TNB Baltimore Police, TNB Marion Barry back in the news. Two men charged with slangs of seven in Richmond and a swastika scam to tie things up with our TJB section of the program. So, returning to our first and top story tonight, indoctrinating students at Temple University. On January 9th and 10th, the Pennsylvania House of Representatives will hold a new round of hearings at Temple University on the question of political advocacy in the classrooms of the state's public universities. The hearings are the result of H.R. 177, a resolution passed by the House last month, or last July, calling for the formation of a select committee to inform the legislator of the state of intellectual diversity and academic freedom in Pennsylvania higher education. In the introductory section of the course, quote, the social construction of race, racism and white privilege, Gilbert uses a number of readings, as Gilbert is a professor at Temple University, that indict the U.S. as a locus classicus of systematic institutional racism. Oi. One, yeah. 
One required reading, Peggy McIntosh's White Privilege, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack, summarizes the view Gilbert embraces. On one internet forum, an anonymous Temple student who took Gilbert's course had this to say, quote, I had one class this semester, Urban Society, Race, Class, and Gender in the City, in which the professor compared, amongst other things, not allowing gays to marry and homophobia to the Nazi Holocaust and fear of Jews, which killed over 11 million people. The professors are out of control. Gilbert obviously has an agenda that she is pushing as well as flipping out if anyone challenges her in class. It seems ridiculous to me that I am required by the university to take this class as it is not presented in an unbiased fashion and does not allow dissenting opinions. I cannot prove, but I will assert that students who do speak against her in class receive lower grades than those who just go along with her little game and don't challenge what she says. Alex Chain, have you uh, been reading up on this? Yeah, I looked around a little on this. Um, I think Melissa Gilbert is a Jew, despite the name Gilbert. I guess there's a good number of Jews named Gilbert, though. It seems to me it's kind of a cover name, a little like Ross or Green, but, uh, you know, whites are uniquely evil and they've created this horrible society in which people like Jew feminist Gilbert, who command maybe 2% of, you know, public opinion, are able to be published and hired and promoted. Uh, so how, how bad is the system for her? It's a great system. Uh, from the point of view of those who advocate white interests, it's not such a great system since they can't even do it openly and get uh, hired and promoted. But I, I think uh, in researching whiteness studies, it looks like they're claiming there were about 30 of these programs back in 2003. So today, I don't know, I would guess it's at least up to 50. So there's a few dozen of these these programs, and it's it's basically a new outlet for Marxist-Leninism. And it's probably... It's just actually, if you read what they call their classics, it's it's either about trying to segment out another portion of whites, such as uh, Irish, and and claim that they're somehow more like minorities, so-called minorities, than they are like uh, white people, and and thereby prevent them from allying with other white groups to fight for their own uh, genuine existing white interests, and uh, um, also a lot of it's just more liberal dribble. It's boring. It's white liberals writing about uh, their their own backgrounds as much uh, as anything. It's that, and it's also hatred, just rampant hatred of whites and the illogical uh, theory-based dribble. And one of the more remarkable parts of it is they, they you would think if they were even going to talk about whiteness, they would have to theoretically acknowledge some upside to it, but I don't believe that they do. And I haven't read all their literature, but I have read that one compilation or collection of... Uh, essays and stories called White Trash uh, that one of our listeners uh, was kind enough to send, and uh, it, it's pretty boring. There's not really, you know, it's some guy writing about growing up in a trailer park, whatever. It's just these white liberals writing about themselves. To the extent there's ideology, of course, it's supplied by Jews, and it's set up on the models of one of these non-academic but highly partisan uh, black studies, uh, so-called academic disciplines. Um, but Craig... Uh, what do you think? I got a couple other points I'll make, but let let Craig comment if he's uh. He's well, so far as not having an upside to white history, that's the infamous selective memory which they're using 
I guess even now at publicly funded universities across the country. And uh, in other words, you can remember everything bad about whites, and you have everything to do with that white man, and, and to a lesser extent white woman. But anything good about it, well, what did that have to do with you? You know, you weren't even alive then. So um, it's it's pretty dreary, and um, I, it's really a mind washing when this is what they're doing in university instead of studying hard academics as they would in a better European school. This is not even sociology, is it? It's actually in the humanities, isn't that right? These are being taught, Aegis? Uh, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not uh, uh, up on her exact qualifications. Uh, if she's going as an English professor or... But uh, she is teaching required courses. She, she's a feminist. Melissa Gilbert's a fairly well-known feminist, I believe. Um, I'm not that well-schooled enough in feminism. I remember exactly, but she's one of a you know a number of about ten, eleven names that have written what they call classics that are used in feminism. So, and I don't know if in this school, for instance, we've seen other state schools across the country more commonly in the West where LaRaza has greater numbers, although I don't see why they couldn't be. They have been in the north-central states and some state universities. So if uh, the fact that, that, that queers can't get married is, is equal to the Holocaust, the Holocaust is a, re really the, the high-water mark for everybody to try to uh, live up to, so to speak, in terms of uh, abuse of minorities and diversity. But, but but Craig, if, if if homos can't marry, how can they produce legitimate children? <laughs> and how will they repopulate themselves? So it is very similar to the Holocaust. Yeah, the Holocaust yeah. is like uh, all the, the criminals. All the criminals get, get out of jail free day, and it's used as the moral prop for every type of bullshit to come down the pike since then. I, I tell you, these people have gone gone so long without any opposition that that they almost turn inwards on themselves to an extent and try to outcompete themselves in asininity and they have no reality check because they're subsidized by by uh, the normal people, the white people they disdain and despise like unruly teenagers. I, you know, I, mean, uh, I, I, was in a, I was in a private school in, uh, in Boston on an island, in fact, Thompson Island in 67 and 68. And I remember reading. I spent a lot of time in the library. I always have all my life, all my life. But uh, I, I would read the books uh, about the Wiesenthal Center was trying to brand the name Holocaust. And subsequently, in 1970, a few years later, Random House published this major volume uh, about Jewish history and just a whole slew of Jewish PhDs. The entire book was Jewish PhDs. Uh, so it was their own their own words of their own people, and Holocaust is not in that book. I have a copy of it, published by Random House. Craig, you know, I so think they, they were saying that they never really promoted the idea of the Holocaust until when when was it? After like the Six Day War, and then they had a mini series in the seventies. So it wasn't really till after then when they really took off, kind of like yeah. roots in the Black History crap. And and the very word gay, talking about gay marriage. Uh, I remember that when that was changed from homosexuals, newspaper in this country actually used to publish the word homosexuals. And just as they used to publish when there was a victim, they would say that the perpetrator was was a, uh, said by witnesses to be black and the victim was white. They would actually print that. And it wasn't that long ago, but it may as well have been um, you know whole realities or universes ago as far as these young people. Uh, 
are concerned because now they're in there studying under people like Gilbert. And imagine the energy it takes for to free themselves. It's going to take themselves their entire lives. Most of these kids will be 40 years old, these white males. A lot of them will be before they ever kick it. Some of them will never kick it. In fact, our guys will probably be fighting them 20 years from now, 30 years from now, literally fighting them. I mean, literally, in war. And and so few of them will even have ideas that there's stuff they're not being taught, or they won't have. A, they may have an idea that there's something different than what they're being taught, but ninety percent of those are going to think that that some form of neoconservatism is what's mm-hmm. being slighted. But neoconservatism is a false opposition to this kind of anti-whiteism because the neocons, who are the ones who, if you check Google, have written about whiteness studies as much as anyone on the right, are denouncing it from the perspective that well. You know, it, it represents a potential threat to integration because, really, white—it's anti-white, yeah. But it's uh, it's claiming that they, just like the other ones, claim that white people don't really exist. They, they claim yeah. that race doesn't matter, and the white studies people claim that whiteness is a social social fabrication or a social. Well, in the United States, at this point, in in a sense, in a spiritual sense, it almost doesn't exist right now. You can't talk about it openly. If you, if you do, people just look at you as if it's just the, 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 it's some social faux pas that you've committed yeah. in public. And they're like farting in public, at least. It's unbelievable. Well, people if are you try to talk to about it something white to some stranger, walk up and do it in you know in a, in a store in a bar, get around to the subject, and, and and they'll flee from you as if you know you you've got the pox or something. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, there's always, like they say, there's always got to be an orthodoxy. And most people are, their reasoning, perceiving, acting, they only have enough mental wherewithal to perceive the going line and to fall in line with it. And you try to counter them with something outside of that. It's not really, calling them lemmings is a bit uncharitable. I mean, they're doing the best they can, and they, they, they use their, their mind to cope with what they have to in daily life, and they trust the people who look and sound more like them are running the country in their interests, and what they need to do is get in line with the program. Uh, that, that's a less, that's a slightly different way of putting it than white nationalists usually do, but it's not too far off. But, um, that's, but that's the program they're getting in line with is their own demise. I mean, uh, yeah, but if it's done subtly that's enough, that's not like a brush your teeth every day. You know, if it's done by degree and subtly enough, they can't see the big yeah. picture. And that's what they've done. Well, in this country, that's what the Jews have where done. Where I am, they don't have that sickness. It's not all over the world. They may think it is because of the omnipresence of, of, of New York City and media, but it's not. Uh, at least not to that degree. Uh, well, yeah, well, to get, get back to the Gilbert's qualifications, he is, in fact, an associate professor of geography and urban studies. <laughs> You're kidding. Well, maybe she's not the one I'm thinking of. I could have sworn there's a big name. You know what? The one I'm thinking of maybe Carol Gilbert. I thought Melissa Gilbert was. Uh... Go ahead, Aegis. I'm yeah, this is, this appears to be be a minor fish. But in any case, as you pointed out, that they are positing the neocons uh, against her. In fact, David Horowitz, none other than the red diaper baby, will be testifying in a second round of hearings. Uh, and show how Temple itself has become afflicted by indoctrination. Uh, so, of course, they you've got Horowitz on the one side and uh, 
totally bizarre uh, feminist creations uh, such as Gilbert on the other side, and that's supposed to be the balance for the white mind in the qua. Hey, you know what? It was Sandra Gilbert I was thinking of, who's a, a literary uh, critic. I just Googled that up. And how many uh, times have we seen uh, young guys who, even on the board, say that these professors will dish them out poor grades, even if they make a, a vigorous response, well-worded? And sometimes we've even had them post their essays, and a lot of them are very well-written. Well, and, and I've still seen they get docked. I and uh, an African... I may have mentioned this before that I knew when I went to Pomona, we took Sidney Lamell's uh, African history class, and he downgraded both of us. Me, uh, you know, a white suburban American, and then this other guy was a, uh, a black African. Nice guy. I mean, he didn't have any chip on his shoulder against white people, and he, he admired the West and wanted to study it. But uh, Sidney Lamell, who I believe is still at Pomona, is a uh, doctrinaire Marxist course, you know, in Hawaiian shirts and enjoying the nice Southern California climate. I saw him on the beach with his girlfriend after we uh, graduated. We were down there for a week, and it's just only in America is such a thing subsidized. These blacks who are attacking the systems as, as revolutionary radicals, and he grew sore offended, offended at me when I, I asked why Cuba had 40,000 troops in Angola if, if the, you know, people's government had such great support down there. And uh, um, Did he have a white girlfriend? No, I don't think she was. Uh, I think she was like a mulatto or black. I don't. I don't know, but I don't think she was. She was not pure white. At least the one we saw him with, definitely. But uh, he he was. And you know, in, in a superheated academic environment, I was just going to say where the people want to get into graduate schools after they get undergraduate degrees. In many cases, if you don't have a 4.0 average, yeah, that, that's yeah. a a problem. Exactly. Now. Craig, I think I got like a, I don't remember what I got. I think I might have got like a C or something, but yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. You get like a C in African history. I mean, you had to be a fucking moron. <laughs> I mean, you, how do you go to graduate school when when there's clowns like this who are who are uh, downgrading you and stuff like that? And I mean, we did less academic work in that class than, than virtually. Geez, any other class I had, I mean, it was watching films and basically he teach straight out of the book. Unlike most people, oh, it's like a, a rural Cambodian uh, re-education camp. It's the Claude's version of that. <laughs> take, well, my point take is, take your glasses. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they definitely. He was one of the rare. I think I had one other professor who who downgraded me because of what he knew to be my beliefs, which is really it's a rotten thing to do. And I truly do regret not going back and uh, filing against him and stuff. Not because it mattered to me; it really didn't. But just for the next guy down the line, but this was like in one of the very last semesters I was there, and I just wanted to get out. But I encourage any of you who are in college, if you come across teachers who do something like this, the, the way that you can hurt them, and pretty much the only way, is to go to whoever the dean is uh, that's in charge of these, or the faculty dean, and you find whatever paper it is you need to file, and, and you fill it out and say, this guy is overtly downgrading me for political reasons and leave that lingering in their file. And that way their enemies can use it against them. And they'll probably replace them with someone equally clownish, but that's not your problem. Okay. Yours now, is by the way, Alex, your job. On a little bit related topic, don't I remember you saying one time that if ever any of these uh, young white guys and, and women too in, in universities uh, want to start a white studies group or a white cultural group in their university and their school tells them, oh, no, 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 
I don't know. We don't want any of that kind of diver- uh, uh, Yeah. That kind of uh, non diversity, non inclusiveness. Yeah. In- incitement yeah. to hatred. Right. No, that's that's <laughs> another thing that would help. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll help them any way we can, and that's a very good. That's a more complex and involved, and requires more commitment. But that's an excellent way to show up their lies about diversity and equality of treatment of students. Because at every school, I guarantee you, when you go in, you find that they are taking money from you, and they're putting it into some kind of student activities fund or center. And there's a group of students who are deciding how that money is dispersed. Now, you could very easily get on that group because a, no one really cares. If it's a good school, most people are studying. And, and, and B, anybody who puts in 10% more effort than the average is going to stick out because most students don't really care about politics that much. So if you get involved with that, you can really turn it your own way and you can invite your own speakers. Now we're starting to see the, the neo, neocon students do it and bring in, you know, they'll bring in their Ann Coulter or their William F. Buckley 10 years ago maybe. Uh, he's kind of out of it now. Whereas otherwise you'll get nothing but leftists. Right, and here we're seeing Horowitz come in. I bet that was due to some outraged uh, Jew student who well, uh, took offense at the 11 million people yeah, homophobia remark. Look, look, Aegis, they've gone beyond that and actually set up a thing called Discover the Networks. David Horowitz, uh, the Jew who runs FrontPageMag.com and wrote Hating Whitey has. And they've uh, done their best to generate and co-opt what might otherwise be uh, anti-Jew. The people who might otherwise see the correctly see the Jews as a large portion of, of in a large measure, responsible for these outrages, uh, they want to co-opt that or, or, or channel it off into safe opposition. So what they've done is set up these Discover the Networks that list them all, but of course they're leftists, they're not Jews. They may be, be Jews, but they don't name them Jews. They just call them leftists, and they say this is what they're doing. But they have a lot of very valuable information for white activists. You can really understand what's going on. Horowitz is a Jew who comes from New York and has been through all of academia and publishing. He fully understands what's going on in this country. He's just so in the middle of it and so Jewy that he, from our perspective, what, what's basically internal squabbles among the Jewish family, to us, <laughs> we're here the outsiders in our own country. Political discourse in this country is, is Jewish family squabbling. We're just along the ex- for whatever they publisher, throw at our kitty table of Ramparts. Publisher of Ramparts, right? As I recall. Yeah, he, uh, youth, I don't know if he was publisher, but he was, yeah, he was the main guy. Or at least, yeah. I, I'm not and sure. I know he, I think he was, he and someone else were like the main guys there. I don't know who yeah, put another the Another Jew, I believe, it. if I remember. But, um, yeah. And that magazine, they would, yeah, it was a very radical leftist. They would, uh, I, I believe they supported, uh, for instance, uh, People going to cut sugar, sugar cane in Cuba with Fidel, and uh, yeah. But uh, he, and he, now he's he a conservative. Found Jesus yeah. or something there. Uh, <laughs> now he lo- he loves America now that it's fighting for Israel, and basically he yeah. and employs a stable of of goy writers who, you know, as always, they're jumping on anything German and Arab, and and they're always trying to find links between neo Nazis and, and the Taliban, and they don't tell you. They've about actually the mentioned BNN links. Yeah, they a have in, in yeah. a couple of different articles where they're trying to lump all of their enemies together. Um, but, yeah, there, here's a couple quotes from an article a couple of years ago. This was written by one of his guys, Chris Weinkopf, called Whiteness Studies, the title. Weinkopf, I don't believe, is a Jew. He's from Harvard. He's a younger guy. I think he writes editorials for one of the smaller papers in L.A. Even though he's named Weinkopf, for some reason I believe he's an uh, evangelical Christian, but he's certainly 
he certainly writes in ways that make the Jews happy until he takes their line. Um, here's a point Horowitz makes that's correct. Whiteness studies is different kind from other ethnocentric disciplines. Black studies celebrates blackness. Chicana studies celebrates Chicanas. Women's studies celebrates women. And white studies attacks white people as evil. But then the neocon answer is, is not that white people are great and created all culture. As the Nazis would say, their answer is that white people don't exist. You know, and they say, of course, they lump in Jews. Jews are, are white people, they say. But uh, we know better than that. They may appear more like white people, but genetically they're distinct. And, and the, the point is they're not going to defend the... the <coughs> Whites organizing as a group threatens the neocon Jews just as it threatens the leftists the neocon Jews denounce. Well, it threatens whites in their own mind. They're afraid of it. They're paralyzed at the idea. Uh, don't worry. Perish the thought. They'll find there's other as things that are worse, I hope. Yeah, they, they have an internal governor in their own brains. Don't worry about that. They're, but, but nonetheless, even though they're already just uh, quivering like little white rabbits, uh, no matter, they, they, they still keep up the drum beat. Well, it's yeah. interesting. That how can you have, if you have a people who is unique... Their whole thing is to claim it's all social construction. The social construction, to me, is culture by another name. Where does it come from, if not out of the genetics of the people in question? Now, if there's something different about white people, then let's list all those differences, and let's start with the genes, and then let's work our way forward. And, oh, what we're going to find is everything the racialists say. You want to say white people did bad? Well, by the stand, any standard you use for bad, colored people have done worse for longer. And on the upside, colored people have done damn little. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, nothing well, in... even even if you get, let's say, groupies uh, for whiteness, it's going to be a group that excludes uh, the mud melange uh, and the Jews, because what do the Jews have bring to the table? They destroy nations. Even if you read the Haaretz online, if people get in the habit of that, or the Jerusalem Post, their own PhDs will often say that they're um, not of the West, and uh, they'll speak of the West as if it's different from them. And they have no doubts whatsoever about that. In fact, as McDonald says, yeah, Israel is not a Western country. The mm -hmm. fact that the Judeo bullshitters lie about that nonstop doesn't change it. And believe it, not many of them, you know. You wouldn't believe how far back they've been paying off, they've been bribing and co-opting uh, Christians. And, and we, I think, didn't we talk about that last Goyfar in the Schofield reference Bible that is annotated so as to spread the lie that God declared Israel belongs to the Jews for now and all eternity and anyone who works against this is evil and is going to hell. Well, they apparently... well let's face it, there's no doubt that the kikes wrote the Bible. So, Well, a bunch of kikes. Get it while it's hot. A bunch of kikes wrote the Bible, apparently, and it was. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they were the ones who translated it into English. But you know, it's people writing about a possibly fictional character, decades to hundreds of years, yeah. decades to centuries well, they, they after he existed. King James English, big deal. <laughs> you know, I can't. It's like me writing authoritatively about Abe Lincoln. The difference is that back then nothing at all was recorded. So how would they have known? Or very little was recorded. Well, you have to have an abiding belief in uh, uh, Steven Spielberg-like special effects to believe the whole fairy tale.
that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this story again, they, this this one comment that we had here, where this uh, inter- anonymous internet poster. Apparently, there's a forum uh, that also rates professors, and I also encourage our listeners to rate all of the bad professors. Uh, via internet so other people know uh, spread the word um, if you can and in that small way help out others uh, but he he wrote here that um, he was required to take this course now that means if he did not take this course he could not graduate and I think they charge per credit so he was probably paying uh, yeah. for this course to the tune of let's say a thousand dollars yeah and uh he mentions uh, her her Step flipping right out. How did she so, that? What does that? Mean? Uh, what was that? I, I say according to after reading his paper, did she excoriate his paper in front of the class? What was that? Well, he says I cannot prove, but I will assert that students who do speak against her in class receive lower grades than those who just go along with her little game and don't challenge what she says. Yeah. So that's you know typical dyke behavior. Um, you know, uh, trying to threaten yeah. uh, male students and, and being in a situation where if they retaliate, she, uh, you know, she gets them in the end. And this is the thing that is, these women have been so conditioned, they've never taken a backhand in their life. They've never even taken a, a stinging comeback in their life, and they really don't think that they should have to. And if you watch any TV these days, and I watch very little because I only get one channel, and I don't like 99% of what's on. <laughs> that one channel is a Fox regular TV. Uh, but uh, um, you watch a couple of primetime shows, and, and, and you see that women are women's feelings are always paramount and must be catered to. And 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 it, and just have you been watching even the a, Lifetime channel, Alex? No, I don't get the Lifetime channel because I don't get cable. But but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it really sends you in orbit. Let me tell you. No, no, I watched uh, one. Uh, I watched the uh, OC, which is about uh, like uh, high schoolers in California, and it's just. And it, but you know that's not the point. It could be any show. Oh, it, well, there's it, a lot of it, them. It's their whole mentality and way of thinking is made, is made uh, dominant, yeah. and I think it, it's even more. Op- it's more condensed in the commercials. We've talked about before about the male being ridiculous and foolish. Well, that's the flip side of it. The woman is like the wise elder leading the family, and the man is this ridiculous thing who's kind of along to provide some kind of a paycheck. And this seems to be unquestioned. And the point is, look, you've got colleges proliferated way beyond what the natural intelligence will justify. So there's way more colleges than there are true college-able students. And these colleges, their ranks are fleshed out with these mediocre women, many of whom are feminists, and they don't like any criticism. And and the law is such, and the, the cultural context is such that they don't have to put up with it. Nope. And they're, they're un, unlike men, actually, they're not really reluctant at all about using their power. I would say they're less reluctant because they have a natural biological viciousness it, it, that men generally don't have. The ethics. They don't have the same, same ethics that a man would generally have. Mm-hmm. More thoughts of fair play. Right. No, they don't. Chivalry. We're talking about chivalry. And and the point is, this is not just on the lower levels. 
Remember when the Jew at Harvard made that point, and this is a Jew making the point, that maybe there are biological differences in capacities for scientific work between men and women, and the women went nuts, even the very top women who should have known that, that facts show that he's right went crazy and then forced, and then he decided to, you know, turn over 50 million or whatever to found some women's chair well, for well, this look, and that. And all of these people that, who are tenured in universities now grew, under, grew up under this Franz Boas system, and it's the mm -hmm. same thing, which is essentially going on now with Melissa Gilbert. It's just it's reached a higher gear. But they're yeah. already based in this thought that, that it's Marxian and that uh, the white male is the ultimate evil and the ultimate drag on the world. And yeah. as their numbers increase in their power, quite obviously it's just going to increase and increase and increase. It's already so unpleasant to even be around that sort of milieu that uh, I, I don't know why people put up with it. It's just sick. And, and the sickness yeah. is, is everywhere. It's like a plague. It's a literal mind plague in the United States in the claw. Yeah, well, yeah. even in, in these universities now, what they do is, of course, they mix up the faculty. So she's an associate professor, but uh, look at the fine print. She is uh, presiding over a required course. They throw in that, that screwball of a, at the tune of a thousand dollars that if you don't take this course and kowtow to this uh, dyke you're not going to get the GPA and you're not going to pass you're yeah, not going to graduate. Course material have to do with geography by the way you know, huh. that, that sounds like some uh, sports coach uh, you know the coach used to teach uh, sociology or something yeah well this well, was urban society race class and gender in the city <laughs> The community. <laughs> Sex in the city. Well, this is like a, a, a separate blackness studies for, for white people, where white people get to bitch about white people too. And it's mostly, it's given more positions to these, uh, I suppose potentially it could be a place for white males who are discriminated against in the other areas. Hey, we want to hate ourselves for pay too. Well, all right, we'll throw you whiteness study. So it's kind of G Jewish genocidal gangsters leading it as the theorist, like Noel Ignatiev of Race Trader magazine, and then you've got numerous male and female mediocrities. And well, probably well, probably millions upon millions of hours are wasted by uh, on this nonsense by our youth. In other areas of the world, Asia and Europe, they're studying hard academics. They're learning languages. Yes. They're learning uh, technical trades. And so this is a huge, just another huge, huge drag on uh, what would we would be if we were separated from the races. Because right, that's, right. A good, that's a good point. Economists have a, a term, opportunity cost. Opportunity cost means what you could have done with the time or money you spent on something else. And the opportunity cost as a society is that the good people who ought to be teaching true liberal arts are driven out of the field and now reside in computer technology or in healthcare or in some non-political field, and we abandon the, the, the gems in our crown are left to these stupid cunts. And that's a tragedy. And it's an yeah. unremarked tragedy. Yeah, it's time wasted, and it's money wasted, and it's, it's both time and money that is irretrievable and irreparable. That's right, because civilization... Unlike a new SUV, it's not simply something you can buy. It grows organically generation to generation. It requires respect for the right things, 
a great amount of learning, careful uh, breeding and passing on of these traditions and, and this body of knowledge to the next generation, and that's gone. And, and they go off to the school, and, and what are they now? Now they're turning into wiggers, you know, plain, literally white people who are literally trying to turn themselves into niggers because all they've ever known or heard is that whites are admirable, and they get that from every sector of society, from President Bush to MTV to their s- stupid little public school. Not that not, they, well, well, not yeah. yeah, whites are scum, I guess, and, and niggers are the king of and the hill. W- yeah, and whites don't want to hate themselves any more than anyone else, so they try to do what they think it's going to take to be respected, even if that's as crazy as acting like a rap nigger. Right, King and Kong. Blonde girl Cherokee Indians. We oh. blame them or get mad at them, but what we need to do is get rid of the Jew at the top who's creating this situation because it will not allow any alternative model for white, ma- white masculinity to, to, to come through. I mean, hell, it says the white race is defective. Yeah, they don't... They don't quite say it outright. They say, oh, well, oh we mean the social construction, but that's, that's a bunch of bullshit. As well, long as white people exist, they're going to construct things in socially <laughs> in ways that are useful to themselves, and that's what they hate. Say, they hate us because they're inferior. There's no way to respond. It's only a matter of time, just as the, in the human body, the liver is the biggest eliminative organ and the skin is next. And if the liver is overworked, the skin will break out in a huge boil. And when that happens in the claw, it'll, it'll be, uh, in my opinion, it'll be like uh, Tim McVeigh or uh, Randolph. Uh, only, only they'll be a little more pronounced and a little more grown up and a little more uh, focused in their ideologies. I think it's an inevitability. Uh, it just may some, be. Yeah. Yeah. And well, we have here. Yeah. Well, we have here a second uh, story: Operation Wetback Revisited. This is our second topic tonight. Uh, it was 1931. The administration of President Herbert Hoover backed a policy that would repatriate hundreds of thousands of Mexican Americans, more United States citizens. Up to two million people of Mexican ancestry were relocated to Mexico during the 1930s, even though as many as 1.2 million were born in the United States. California, some 400,000 Latino United States citizens or legal residents were forced to leave. Now, California, for its part, wants to say it's sorry. On Sunday night, Senate Bill 670, the so-called Apology Act for the 1930s Mexican Repatriation Program, becomes official. Shows you a nation that is based in race, and today you talk about doing anything about Mexicans, and oh, we can't shut down the border. You let enough of them in, and and what do you what do you have? You have a third world nation, and you lose even the theoretical ability to generate enough people to resist to make it worthwhile. I mean, it's 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 a corpse overrun by. <coughs> Sometimes it seems the best we can hope for is that it will splinter. People will withdraw into their own, and from that, something better might come. But uh, at the early part of the year, I was out west uh, looking around a few days of uh, freedom, and, uh, um, you know, it's more Mexican and Asian than ever. And there's a lot of 
towns where you throw TAs out there, it wouldn't be relevant, and a hell of a lot of people couldn't even read it. Okay? And I don't know if some of you listen to this. I don't know if most of you are in the East or in the West, but if you haven't been in the West, go out to the West and look around, drive through the inner mountain West, drive around Southern California, Northern California, even up in uh, Northwestern, where I haven't been for probably a decade. And just look at the the faces of the people, and you see the, you see the change. And you probably see it yourself if you're on the East Coast. There are portions of the interior where it hasn't fully affected, but, I mean, it it's literally is becoming a, a new non-nation. It's just a collection of people. It's, it's kind of like a, a place like Reno. It's basically a human ashtray with, you know, brown stubbies from all over the world. And... Uh, <laughs> I I, pers- I have a bee in my bond about Reno. I think it's a fucking disgusting town. And I yeah, is that the that, is that like, the place where they have to take helicopters like business owners uh, from their places of business uh, to to their homes uh, to avoid the street crime? No, that's a, no, that's 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 another uh, fifty, sixty years from now. That's what they have down in uh, Rio, Brazil. You're probably thinking of Brazil is where you have. What something some huge number of uh, of murders annually committed by these feral feral mulattoes, mm-hmm. and you've got a, a ultra rich elite that lives behind you know cement walls with glass embedded in the top of the cement. Is that and, I, and I like great, I, I always yeah. like a white middle class society better myself, and I think most Americans do. I know they do by polls. Yeah, it'll be like having an exotic pet, and you know how the whites down there are so proud that they're pure white, and oftentimes they're very wealthy, so. Probably that's the future for the claw. You know, you yeah. prove your generations five or six back that you're 100% white. You're an elite. <laughs> you live behind yeah. walls and have armed guards. And uh, You know, this particular bill, by the way, it could be laying the groundwork, as happened with the uh, Apology Act there for the Hawaiians, uh, Danakok and Dananoi, and the U.S. Senate got that passed some years ago. And the the uh, separatists in Hawaii, the racial separatists, they use that as uh, leverage, as legal leverage, to get their next stage. And it was uh, the same thing in the case of uh, paying Filipinos who fought with the United States in the Philippines against the Japanese. In other words, it's a legal wedge, just little by little by little, and it could actually end up in this particular case that all those people who related to those uh, deportees in Operation Wetback and all their relatives, their grandchildren, anyone who can prove relationship to them uh, by way of apology and, and to make things right uh, is welcome back home. <laughs> right. Well, what, what shocked me about this story was the, the forceful and efficient measures that uh, our government was able to muster in 1931. This was not all too long ago, this was definitely part of the modern era, and to think that they uh, were able to move 1.2 million people here, even though some of them were legal, some of them were un- illegal, uh, that's that's an inspiring uh, uh, topic, an entire inspiring subject, and of course it can happen again just as easily. Well, will yeah, stuff can. It, it comes down to will and. Back then, people were much more serious, and it was much more heavily white, and the Jews were much, they hadn't been owning the papers for that long, or in many cases, they still didn't own the papers back then. And, of course, we didn't have TV like we have now, so people weren't propagandized in the wrong direction. 
and led to believe that they didn't even exist as a community. No, back then the U.S. was definitely thought of as a white nation that had spread civilization to savages, but by no means would allow savages to take over. That would be insane. Of course, uh, civilizing the savages never works <laughs> and is a fool's mission, but that, that's where our Christian heritage uh, pays off. <laughs> Trying to make, you know, a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Right, well, actually, yeah, leading up... an awful leading critical up. there, Alex. They're, they're trying to make them good Christians, just like you and me. I don't see... Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, well... The, if, you're, if you're implying that skin color makes the man, no, Christianity does. It doesn't make the man, but it's a good... It's a damn good start. If I know some little monkey down in Africa is a Christian, as I believe... I believe there's more colored Christians than white Christians, so maybe... Maybe the... Christian apologists will explain how Christianity is is, is Western when they have more on the planet than there are white simpletons. But how can but they always say, oh, the West and Christianity are one and the same. Well, how can that be? How can it well, be now that most Christians are non-white? Well, are they Alex, Western then? Is some monkey down in fucking Nigeria who converts to Christianity because they gave him something to eat? Is he now is he now more Western than I am because I'm not a Christian? Well, Alex, they'll contend that it's Western because because it uh, originated in uh, Asia Minor. Mm. Okay. As a philosophy, originally. You know, by the way, this is a really expanded where they go all over the world and, and bring the children, bring the adults. This sure. is a big uh, uh, human importation project now. It's, it's gone way up of that. Human alchemy is always popular with the idiots. Yeah. You know, you don't make them into humans. You can't change their DNA by sprinkling water on them and, and be speaking how about, how about if you dunk heads. them in the, in the river? Well, well you've got to dunk them for four to six minutes, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> that's Aileen's recipe for human Hey, alchemy. if that's what it takes to be a Christian, I want to be a Christian. <laughs> can, can I get a Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Well, this leads to praise the Lord and take the cadaver away, please. <laughs> yes. You know, if you turn the Mississippi into the Ganges. Yeah, St. Louis, Benares. I like Why, that. Yes. Oh, very you nice. have to get a, a giant burlap sack and as many of those scrawny little Ethiopians as you can. And then you and then you use it as a raft for a little while until it sinks yeah. and then you climb out. <laughs> To make it more universalist, you know, so all all the hippies and leftists can relate. No one is as dangerous as the caring, is the overstuffed, caring nurturers, like Sally Struthers, the human overstuffed armchair. We could feed the rest of them the Mississippi water where the cadavers are floating. Damn pig of Holy water, you're not going to get sick. If you're out there dialing 1-800-SAVE-THE-NIGGERS, I mean, my hate for you is boundless. And I think I speak for 99.2% of America when I say that. I hope I do. Yeah. At least send a Jew back to Israel instead of sending for Christ's fucking sake, Christ let the niggers starve. <laughs> right, well, I think, I think it's not guys, rocket science. You guys are anticipating here uh, our third topic tonight. Wacky Pat Robertson. More Zionist than Sharon. Uh, Israel more Zionist, more Christian. Uh, Israel has suspended contact with evangelist, 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 uh, evangelist Pat Robertson, 
for suggesting Prime Minister Errol Sharon's stroke was divine punishment for withdrawing from the Gaza Strip. The controversy has cast doubt on plans for a Christian tourism center that would showcase the growing flow of money and influence from U.S. church groups. The decision announced Wednesday by Israeli officials does not affect other Christian groups that also consider it their spiritual duty to support Israel as fulfillment of biblical prophecy. God, that guy's a cunt. Yeah. I mean, he, they try, they've been trotting this out increasingly lately. Now, while I was on the road, I happened to hear this uh, self-described feminist Democrat Yet conservative, uh, what was her name? Something Tammy Bruce. I think she's an ex now head from L.A. and she's now preaching the standard neocon line on the radio. And they had some guy call in and oh, you know, any any disagreement with the neocon? Yeah, he hates Jews. He hates Jews. And they always phrase it like they're heroically cutting to the bottom line of mm-hmm. pretended critics of his. Oh, they hate Jews. They're Jew haters. And you know what the Bible? Yep, yeah, that's right. You know what the Bible says about that? People who hate the hate Israel. I mean, nothing good happens to them. They get destroyed in the end because God takes care of the Israelis. That means Some the Jews. Atheists, don't forget those, the ones who don't have faith Shit. in God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, these, I, and I don't, I, she referred to some Irish ancestors. I, I think Bruce is probably Scottish or Irish, but uh, I'm not 100% sure she's not a Jew herself, but I doubt she is. She had that particular, that particular, she had that goyish obnoxiousness that, that Jews have their own special kind of obnoxiousness. Uh, yeah. But uh, this is this is a goyish. I mean, who, do, do these well, people see, ever look at what they're defending? Well, what we forgot to cover the in, in the area in alternative number three is that Robertson took note of the fact that uh, uh, Sharon uh, got punished uh, with a stroke because uh, he gave up the Gaza Strip and God was angry. And by the way, yeah. Robertson also said that that's why Katrina visited New Orleans because of Sharon did that. So he not only got a stroke, first he got uh, uh, <laughs> he got the stroke and Katrina too. And, uh, uh, then, then, but Ovadi Yosef over in Israel, the ex-head Sephardic rabbi, still the head Sephardic, by the way, I guess, and the head of the Shah's party, uh, he said that... Uh, Katrina came, I guess, because of uh, uh, what was what did Yosef? Do you remember Aegis? Uh, they, they both had their 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 holy reason. You have to keep track of all the fairy tales. I know a couple have said that about uh, you know it's God's will when when fear has promoted that uh, suck poop Joe over at World Net Daily has promoted that nonstop the idea that any uh, what's the word any uh, um, Ceding of land to Palestine will bring down God's wrath. You know, any yeah. any divergence from Likud's agenda, boom, God's yeah. going to hit you hard. But but you know things are bad when when wide swaths of the population believe believe in uh, the, the heebie-jeebies. You know, you just account anything to God's uh, God's pissed off. Yeah, the, <laughs> I mean the that, that, that pretty much wraps up the story. Any way you want to uh, slice and dice it. Yeah, but what a what a great tool! I'm sure the Marxist, uh, you know, really could have done a lot more with with those types of absolutely groundless, bogus uh, uh, crutches. Yeah. Hey, let me. Oh, okay, yeah. 
Well, Marx we says they're opiate of the masses. Even the Jew Marx said that, right? Yeah, but they didn't use it in their own social engineering. But man, uh, well, they, they they call it the new new religion and the Jewish quasi religion, Marxism and, and diversity. And the problem is they got into the seminaries and filled them with faggots and and with uh, Muranos who who were promoting their line. And they bought off the top Catholics just like they bought off the top evangelicals. E. Michael Jones at, at uh, CultureWars.com, top Catholic intellectual. I mean, he writes about how the Catholics were bought off in the 50s, and this helped the government destroy ethnic parishes and, and destroy some of our uh, uh, older, larger, better cities because they had all these clusters of like Polish, Lithuanian, Irish, German Catholics that were living more or less, you know, happily in their little ethnic clusters and forming stable communities, well, you destroy those by planning the goddamn subsidized housing in the middle of it. And you destroy that by changing the ideology taught at, at like Notre Dame, and you do that by grants, and you can always find someone willing to take your money and preach your line, Listen, especially in America where... But the, but the Puritan idea that those who have the most money prove that they are godliest, well, we've now seen where that is ultimately led. It means that every man is a free agent, and, and with, with the Jews taking power in America... Uh, getting to the top any way you can, by hook or by crook, that is by legal or by illegal means, no matter what, if you have the money, you know, you be the boss nigger and you're out pimping and you've got your wheels and you've got your rings and your, your stupid jewelry and your, your hose, and who cares how you got it? And that, the Puritans can bear some of the responsibility, as paradoxical as it might seem. For this, If idea you were to walk down the line... Uh, the the cues are where the last pope died, and you know it was broadcast around the world on television day after day. And he had a video camera, and you asked him, "Say, what do you think about niggers and diversity and so forth?" I mean, mm -hmm. the, the the Christians, I don't think you'd find one who would who would say uh, it's disgusting. You know, the whole thing it's a mess. Not today. No. But I mean, it, Craig, if they were bought off on the whole. And I don't know how you pronounce the, the, the Latin. It's something like Nostra Etate. Uh, <coughs> back in the, uh, what was it? It, it? It's no coincidence that all these things happened at the same time. They repealed all the white protecting immigration laws, both here and in Australia. But they also, even outside the countries, I mean, the, the church itself, you know, signed some d decree in revising its understanding of the Jews. So the, all of a sudden, in the mid-60s, the Jews aren't responsible for killing Jesus anymore. Even though by their own last doctrine, pope said the exactly Jews are, are well, in their own goddamn Bible, they said his blood be on us and upon our children. So you know when all this ordinary normal stuff reversed in the mid sixties, all of a sudden five ten years later, you've got this massive upsurge in crime, STDs, and, and every nasty measure available. Well, well listen, I, I think <laughs> they did kill. I think they did kill Jesus, and I think they deserve the credit for him. And that's one thing I do like about the Jews. I mean, at least they got rid of that son of a bitch. Uh, that's one good thing. Well, they don't seem too proud of it today. It's something well, that they could... should be because the the, the 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 guy was just a listen <laughs> another socialist rabble rouser. <laughs> that's right. And really, what it comes down to, who by a quirk of history and, and by the promise of uh, a, a fantasy that you're not going to die, uh, you're going to live forever. Uh, is there anything more enticing to people who know that their uh, sentient beings are going to uh, expire? Well, uh, I, w I agree with you. A, I agree with you. It's worse than a nigger playing three-card monkey. <laughs> 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 
second Broadway, man. This world, this world is nothing compared to the next world. The fact that we don't know that it exists, well, that's small inside the point. <laughs> keep our eyes on the big picture here. The incredible <laughs> paradise that awaits you who believe it. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Alex, have <laughs> you been engaging in mesmerism? <laughs> I have been at animal magnetism, man. That's one of the, one of the big bad things about uh, Christian science. You've got to be aware of animal magnetism. Uh, but... Uh, you're supposed to stand portal at the mind of thought and not prevent any bad thoughts from getting in. Because only mortal mind, only human mortal mind produces bad thoughts, and these in turn lead to disease. For we are perfect reflections of God. I mean, Christian, Christianity is a thousand insane versions, but I just particularly, I, I ignore all that shit because it is shit. And, and I don't Well, well the funny thing about it is they'll all say that the rest of them are bogus. So that's what's really well, yeah. interesting. But there's the a rest of them have, have, uh, they've misinterpreted the holy word just by a little bit there. Well, there, there's I, I maintain the standard 19th century distinction between knowing something, i.e., science and religion, which is horseshit. They don't know anything, and, and it's not only that. In their own specific area of providing solace for people, they fail. They don't even provide that. I mean, I I I use it as as a witty line, but I really believe the air conditioner has provided more solace than all religion. All religions combined haven't provided the solace of ten fucking minutes of air conditioning, <laughs> and and I've lived without air conditioning. Yeah, well, but, speaking uh, of solace, I'm sure many of white could imagine a, a nigger-free America, and uh, here we have our first TNB Baltimore story: the police. Uh. The testimony, this is a a news agency reported, the testimony revealed that a 22-year-old woman claimed the officers gave her a choice, either go to jail for possession of marijuana or have sex with a police officer to avoid charges. An affidavit in the case in part reads... (laughs) So she had sex with him, and then they booked her for bestiality. Ho! (laughs) (laughs) He asked, what are you... What are you willing to do to stay out of jail? And it's you. He's going to have to run a train on your ass. BCL, multi-year sentence. According to police documents, the alleged victim said she agreed to have sex for her freedom, and that Officer Gemini Jones removed a condom from the lower drawer of his first left desk. Those niggas be prepared and shit. Sounds like Jim and I have a little bit of a split personality there. Is that Starbones as a brother? In the office and took her into a smaller attached office. Um, the The documents indicate the alleged sexual intercourse took place in the smaller attached office. But she went along with it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, well, according to police documents, a search of some police officers' lockers at the Southwestern District Station turned up substances that authorities suspect to be marijuana, heroin, and cocaine. And niggerism. You like speedball, huh? Yeah, no drug charges have been filed so far. The police department Uh confirmed earlier this week that it has launched an internal investigation into the officers Uh but declined commenting. The officers have been suspended with pay pending the outcome of the investigation. Have to drink it off in the bar. Huh? 
worry about those where, beaches. Where is this now? And this is in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. People who aren't from there, I mean, it's. I can only imagine how niggerized that place is now because when I used to frequent it back when I first went out east after college, I mean, it was already, apart from the Inner Harbor, pretty uh, pretty hardcore niggy. You, you know what it is, Alex, is uh, there are whole blocks, because I drove this area, distributing yeah, yeah. CAs, whole yeah. blocks of row houses, and they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, there'll be big sheets of plywoods up with graffiti, you know, on the doors, and yeah. the windows will be busted. I mean, this is next to decent-looking shopping centers. Well, this, and, and, of course, yeah. yeah. And then this, the, all the Jews live out in these hills surrounding Baltimore, and I got lost there, I mean, for like an hour yeah. and a half. And multi, multi-million dollar houses. I mean, like ten, twelve million dollar houses, fifteen million something. Yeah. Just all over horses. They're running horses. I, I don't know it well, but Johns Hopkins is there, and and they got the Inner Harbor as, as a tourist draw. But outside of that, like Craig says, I mean, it's all it's all what used to be these these white working class row houses that you see in a lot of the eastern towns, and then and like that's where H. L. Mencken lived and and I would go up there they had a little museum and, and I took a girl there on a date one time about probably 15 years ago and uh now that area I think is uh, pretty much totally black and it's just it's just nigged out you know all the little nigglets are out in the street teeming and and polluting each other and, and the environment and but, but and see the niggers and Jews in Baltimore yeah. have a symbiotic relationship it's pretty funny really when you think about it well, yeah, not just Baltimore either, but no, I know, I know. It's Probably just another town. That's the problem is each generation of of niggers is larger than the last one, and the percentage of blacks among niggers <laughs> never really rises, because if there is a talented tenth, it soon becomes a talented twentieth, then a talented fiftieth. It doesn't matter what you yeah. see in TV. TV is the reverse of reality. Remember that. Well, we know we can count off the cities already in this country. Philadelphia, Detroit, Atlanta, Baltimore, St. Louis, Los Angeles. Name some more, you know. We can continue the list. We know these cities are essentially decimated, ruined, uh, inhospitable to whites. And uh, New Orleans. Well, certainly New Orleans. Yeah. Although it may have been improved since they uh, unniggerized, as I've read. <laughs> the crime rate has plummeted since they exported the niggers. They hydrated them. <laughs> right. Now Houston. They turn the hydrant on the Negroes, and, and, and you know that's that's pretty bad news when 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 a place like Houston will, will complain about crime, uh, uh, about how how nice things were before the New Orleans. They they upgraded because <laughs> Craig they gentrified the nigger area by flooding it. <laughs> Houston oh. was just before for people who don't know. <laughs> Houston, I mean, you know, they had like a strip yeah. bars next to churches. It's it's hilarious in Houston anyway. Uh, no Atlantic going. City. We can add Atlantic City to that list. Yeah, Atlantic City. Yeah, standing on the Jersey. Just name any town in New Jersey. <laughs> I'm not overly familiar with Houston. I think Byron knows a little more about that. But at times I've driven through there. Jesus Christ, it's way too large and it's totally but, nigger nasty and yeah. got nasty temper. New York City, of course. Look, these are not ma- these I'm are not um, you know mid-sized cities. These are major American cities. Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas City, Kansas, because that's where the whites all moved to. But uh, yeah. They're, they're they're down for the count or, or else gone, knocked out, and uh, keep it up. Keep yeah. it up. Well, they really are like I mean the the metaphor of the skin of not just skin cancer but just plain cancer is inescapable. When you think of niggers, you think they destroy things and they're black. 
it's like a spreading black mark in your arm or, or something like that. Well, it's not only you them. Know, they have the Mexicans and then the, the Central Americans. Uh, they're all over the world now. African, you name it. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a it's, it's a joint worldwide effort, and they're accomplishing their goals. And uh, very so, you better save up for those half a million dollar houses if you want to get away, white people. Well, you know, Craig, I don't think there's that many white people in the West as it is. And you know, when you get these little, it's kind of like the Nordic countries in Europe, where or maybe in the Baltics, where you are, where you've only got a few million whites. I mean, goddamn, or like Ireland, you don't have to let in too many colors before you're swamped. You know, if no. you have four or five million people and you let in, you know, 100,000 a year, I mean, or an unknown hundred number of thousand, mm -hmm. pretty soon, you know, they're half the population. And that's how it is in, in large sections of the West. Yeah. Right, well, we have our second TMB story, Marion Barry. I will add to the list uh, D.C. as a bombed-out former place of white residents. Uh, oh, D.C. council member Marion Barry tested positive for cocaine use in the fall in a drug test ordered by a court after he pleaded guilty to misdemeanor tax charges. Barry, who served four terms as mayor and was elected to the Ward 8 council seat in 2004, has since begun treatment for drug use. Because he violated the terms of his release, Barry, 69, faces an increased <laughs> risk of serving. 69, yes, you know what that means. Shit, his heart walls must be like Charmin tissue paper by now, but anyway, go ahead. Hey, hey, guys, you know what? We, we owe this guy a debt of thanks because I'll tell you what. If naive young Linder hadn't lived in Washington, D.C. under Mary <laughs> Barry's tenure, VNN and all this might not even be here. It's honest to God. It was living in, in his, and in, in, it was almost embodying him and watching him that finally broke me through the mold of conservative individuals and to realize, like, Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what you do. A nigger like Marion Barry is never going to become a human. There's, there's, this guy supposedly, okay, he's the mayor of a big city. He's got supposedly an academic background as a chemist, and he's a complete fucking nigger, and his city is messed up. You know, about two-thirds of it is just nasty sections where nobody wants to go. And finally, after seeing that repeatedly and working down there and in there and around there, it finally broke through the ice to where I was able to see, God, the conservative ideal where everybody's an individual, and if they're raised right and trained right and they go to, to school and church and work, they're they're going to be okay, and it doesn't really matter. It's not really a racial thing. It's more of how they're raised. Finally, I was able, from letting reality come to me and accepting reality as being even stronger than words in a page or I, pretty visions in my sugar plum fairies in my head, right? Reality. I like that. Reality, reality exists, man. Reality matters. Yeah. Let let reality speak to you, and you'll find that it echoes Goyfire and VNN and TAA, right? Let reality, reality is your friend. It's not your enemy. It's not there to hurt you. It's there to teach you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Reality centers exist. They're very nasty. You don't want any of them around, right? It's the, it's the vast bulk of semantically correct material out there is there to persuade, well, no, what you, you don't want to, who's going to believe, your, your eyes or me, the Jew who brings you TV? 
Uh, are you going to tell us about the, the, these niggers who put a gun to Barry's head when he gave him some money to help uh, carry the groceries into his house? <laughs> Wasn't that Marion Barry? Yes, he was. He, in, yeah. Yes, yeah. he was in the news with that. And now he's in. He's uh -huh. 69, faces an increased risk of serving the maximum 18 months behind bars. 18 months, the max. 18 months. Yeah. yeah, that's a hate don't have to, don't have to have like a special that, cell phone with internet and <laughs> yeah. you have a little Other crack pipe up in the corner like one of those rats would tap for water. <laughs> Remember those videos they used to put on the news and he's smoking with the the FBI was filming him there was <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I the host remember set that. me up. Yeah, hey, he was really ahead of the curve on the whole, on the whole crack pipe thing. <laughs> he sure was. Yeah, yeah. He was. And, and the thing was. This nigger fucker Very. was was uh, reelected sure. after being caught on film taking crack while trying to cheat on his wife. Oh yeah, there's a nigger. There's a nigger. Well, that's the kind of white politics we need. <laughs> we, 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 exactly. we need white mayors who 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 are, are ex murders who used to ex murders who used to go out and uh, and uh, off Jewish media guys, then they get elected mayor nonetheless. They're yeah. our kind of mayor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're both hundred percent. What, what dumbass Linder finally put together was like, hey, man, these stupid niggers, A, they act like this, B, they act like this repeatedly, C, they act like mm -hmm. this utterly shamelessly, because even if you found one in 2,000 whites who did what he did, he would feel embarrassed about it. D, the other 99.9% .9 of niggers all vote for him again, mm -hmm. repeatedly. They hate whites more than they, than they love probity and honesty and, and just a functioning society. And it will always be that way, and nothing's going to change it. The people who control the media and academia, and I can see that from where I was working, are pushing it even harder in that direction. Whites are always guilty. We just talked about that in white studies. Man, it ain't getting better. It's getting worse unless getting worse. we do something about it. But it has its corresponding uh, reality in California where they're turning it into, a, like a Central America. I have this friend, and he's a yeah. he's retired military, and uh, he also works for the airlines. And, and for some reason, he's a, he likes to go down to places like Guatemala. And he says, Guatemala! Yeah, he'll be waiting for a bus, and the bus will be delayed. And, and then, and then uh, he said uh, one bus he just missed, uh, uh, they attacked the bus, and everybody in the bus burned up in a big firebomb machine gun attack. And then he said, you'll be walking around, and, and, and you'll go out in the suck. village in the morning, and there'll be some body down there, and they'll say, oh, yeah. Uh, and it, it's just like a dead dog or something in the States on the highway or a deer. Nobody will drag it out of the way. Well, this is exactly what's essentially going on in California in a uh, slightly milder form where a spit cop will stop a Mexican without insurance, and yet if they stop a white with a, who made a left turn you know, without his signal on, he gets yeah. the ticket, but the Mexican uh, with no insurance uh, walks. Or if there's a wreck between a Mexican and a white. This is going on by degrees all over, so you know, uh, we, we need to see the day when every mayor in all these cities we just enumerated is a crackhead. You know, well, it's... Uh, it, it, it's coming, and uh, Mary yeah, Barry is just ahead of the curve. That's the thing is, it's always been you know, it's always been niggers in America. That's all we've ever heard about, and how we mistreat them all. Man, the game's changed so radically. I mean, niggers don't even really figure in most of the West. Like I was looking around, and I mean, it's all Mexican. And when it's not Mexican, it's Asian. Way more, way more than it's black anywhere out there. Of course, most people probably in the East, and they're and they're. They were that, and of course, niggers are a problem up there, but it's radically Listen, changed. I saw one in the shopping center. amounts of all races now. I was having dinner in the shopping center the other night, and this nigger comes in. There was a, a, a 
beautiful blonde girl on an internet cafe. Uh, you know, she was on for an hour, I guess. So this nigger walks in and, and does a real debonair whirl, as if uh, you know, and then uh, plants one foot in front of the other, you know, like a toe to heel or something like, "Hey, look at me." And uh, so I call him and I say, "Hey, brother, brother, you from the states, you know?" And I didn't have my camera. I have to interview some of these guys to see what they're all about. He was some African, but uh, it, it's pretty distressing to see him come on to white girls like that in this hmm. place. I don't, I don't much care what they do in the quad at this point because it, it, it's a mess. I mean, it's not coming back. I, you people who think it's coming back, I think, are dreaming. Uh, it's niggers are international heroes. Yeah. All right. Or well. Here, Barry said uh, he's being treated for hypertension. He said he does not mm. deny accounts of his drug test and treatment. Now he needs help. I do not deny, but decline to discuss this case. Quote, write what you want to write. That's my official quote. No more, no, no less. No less. Now the man got to smoke his crack. Now get the fuck out. Thank you. Now he Amen, uh, motherfucker. Yeah, he... he and this is the thing, too. This guy is supposedly like got a master's, I think, in chemistry. Think about that. He's one of these young generation of civil rights activists back in the 60s that was going to heroically, in, in a new, more moral America, he would be given the freedom, which was all the honest black man ever wanted, was the freedom to pursue his dreams like every other American. Well, this is where well, he's living a high up. degree of success. He he's got everything he wants. He's got a lot of. I'm sure he's got a nice sure. apartment. He's got a, probably a government uh, pension. Sure. And, uh, he, he's just like, a, just like Martin Luther King, I.e. Yeah, Michael King, i.e. the communist homosexual <laughs> adulterer slash plagiarist. I mean, he's he's living large, mm -hmm. as the Groids say, or said two years ago. And that's what they're out of date now, for all I know. America wants to see how they live. Well, let's let them know. Let's let's go in and let them know how they live. We were talking the other day. We want to make uh, some ads where, where, where Nigger Wino promotes a uh, goy fire, maybe. You know, <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> give them a bottle and give them the script. We could go all over the country. We could have a, a few dozen of them. I think they'd be better than Victoria. This FBN be the best goddamn publication I never read. I say never read because I never read nothing because I don't know how to read. <laughs> yeah. Really overrated and shit. I'd be in the video game. They could just expose it extemporaneously. Yeah. Well, we got that one of that. Uh, we got the one of the uh, Alabama uh, preacher uh, reading uh, TA number yeah. two. I got to remember that. <laughs> I'm starting to work on uh, TA number four. I got to get that rounded up pretty quick. But uh, that should feature in it. <laughs> Three out of four black preachers recommend TAA to their ineducable flocks. <laughs> their ineducated flocks. I drove through that area of D.C. And, and I had at that point, uh, you know, I wouldn't even cover up the TAs. And they were all over the front and the back seat stacked about three foot high. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought, my God, if my car breaks down here, I'm going to die. Yeah, but then, but then the ages for somebody's point out these niggers don't read that they they don't pick up on the written word that quickly. No, I don't, so they don't. They might not they're not like it. Jews in that front. They just go like they look at it, if they can't wipe their ass with it or smoke it or fuck it, they don't care. <laughs> I mean, what does that area mean? What, what, what do you mean by that, Craig? It seems kind of hostile. 
they be going off on that the minute they, they get their little paranoid, paranoid feelers start twitching. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron, I don't like that. <laughs> Aaron, oh yeah, that Aaron would set some off. Well, you know, it's it's phrased pretty softly. I mean, alternative. Give it a l- nice little soft, rosy leftist sort of flavor. Hey, man, we're just here to give you an alternative. You know, if you're if you're maybe less than completely satisfied with, you know, the way things are going, maybe 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 here's an alternative for you. You know, it's just something to think. I'm just saying, you don't have to take. Just saying, think about it a little bit, would you, Cookie? I guess we wrapped up on Barry. So now, our third TMB topic tonight is two men charged in slayings of seven in Richmond homes. Police suspect robbery was motive in attacks on two families last week. Two 20-year-old men, in quotation marks, we know they're in fact Negroes, have been charged with the killings of seven people in Richmond. The victims, including two children, were members of two Richmond families who were slain this month in their homes, police said. Ricky Gray, who grew up in Arlington, and Ray J. Dandridge, whose address was listed by police as unknown, remained in custody yesterday in Philadelphia where officers, aided by a SWAT team, captured them Saturday at home. Uh, police said they quickly tied the, those killings. Uh, there was a killing here in, uh, where was it? The Baskerville family. That was uh, one, two, three, four, dead Friday night at their home in Block Road. The house had been ransacked and several items were taken, including the family's car. Police said they quickly tied those killings to the New Year's Day slayings of Brian Harvey, his wife Catherine, and their daughters, Stella 9 and Ruby 4, in their home at the 800 block of West 31st Street. All seven victims have been found, police said. They said the Harveys' throats were cut and their home set on fire. South African style, Zimbabwe, it's here, people. Children, too. There are two, two uh, children. Yeah. What were their ages? They just those white kids who uh, they hardly nine and four. Drugs. Two girls, too. Mm-hmm. Did they rape them first? Police did not comment on that. Mm. I wonder stuff. why. Hmm. So odd, huh? You, you'd think they would say, "No, no, the girls weren't raped. Don't worry." You know, I I had a little thing here, and you can tell me if I'm reaching too far. But when this first came up. I actually, from their names, and they seem to use all three names for at least one of them. I thought they were white. I thought these were a couple of white uh, ne'er-do-wells who had done this, but I believe they're both black. And they changed the way that they, they put their names the next day when they caught them, or the day when they caught them a couple of days later. And they moved from, like, citing all their names, which kind of made them sound like Billy Joe, you know, whatever, Ricky, Ricky, whatever it, it was, and... Just one little odd thing. I'm not necessarily sure it means what I think it, what it could mean, or what I'm, what I'm implying it means. But might I mean think that. in these in these stories, when they think that they can float the uh, pretension or the or the suggestion to the people in, in the claw that uh, they're white names, if they have a like Dandridge sounds white, most people say white. Mm-hmm. See, white, whites commit crimes too. See, and uh, well, so I thought they just, the, yeah. 
they roll with that and, and, and try to keep the photos away as long as possible. And uh, again, we know that uh, Gannett News Corporation mandates a certain number of positive minority stories yeah. and photos in every single issue nationwide. Um, in, in this particular case, this one fellow, Dandridge, had been in prison. He'd just gotten out rel relatively recently, and his website is still up. You can see it. I think it's Prison Pen Pals. Uh, we have it mm. on the forum. Yeah. And he's wearing the uh, traditional brown uh, lace-up work boots that uh, hip-hop uh, some uh, aficionados of this like. And then he's, uh, he has his come on to women, a race no matter, I care about you, what's going on in your mind, and, and a regular smooth B rap he's got for any uh, takers. And uh, the, uh, the, the, the first family they offed, I guess, were, were, uh, were uh, Negroes, and later it came out that one of those women was involved in the crime spree with uh, these two guys. And uh, later, I guess, they turned on her and decided to get rid of her maybe and uh, we'll not have to split the profits so much. Hmm. And the funny thing is, uh, the, the, the funny thing about it, this is how smart niggers are, they were caught driving around with one of the murdered family's automobiles. Now, how bright is that? What was it, a Cadillac? I think it was a real nice big sedan or something. You know, they're really styling, huh? Yeah, they're well, fucking well, land let's sharks. Go murder, let's go murder seven people and drive around in the car. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and you, you white person, you know, good, good details, Craig. Uh, I, I hadn't realized. I, I've only read like two stories on this. I didn't realize some of the people they kill were black. I thought there was one I saw was the, the written up was the Harvey and, and Catherine and Stella and Ruby. But this just shows you how even in a not particularly political crime, just a run, ordinary run of the mill crime. This is what we expose ourselves to by allowing blacks in our country, in our society. Okay, all you hear is integration is good and anyone opposed to it is moral evil. Well, here's the result of your believing that childish fantasy. All right, four people dead with their, slits, with their throat slit, bound, murdered because some nigger wanted to steal money for them. You could say, yeah, well, I know sometimes white people do that too. Yes, yeah, sometimes they do. But you see, there's a giant difference in frequency between blacks attacking whites and whites attacking, well, let alone blacks. Whites almost never attack blacks, but whites attacking other whites. It's very, it's not even in the same ballpark. And that's what the founder meant when he said the races are irreconcilable. He knew well, this there, there, the, there was the BTK uh, Christian deacon, the president of the church there, I guess. you know, he, he, That was in Kansas City here. <laughs> yeah, but he's a Christian. Maybe he'll find Judas again once he gets... Uh, before he goes to the chair or whatever they have there. Yeah. He was actually, uh, the, I saw that something on that dude. He was a complete narcissist, basically. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Bogus feelings of yeah. self-importance. Yeah. Another yeah, so here, immediate. So here, again, we see the typical Negro behavior. We've got the bling in the form of the family car. We've got the violent behavior, the senselessly violent behavior in the slitting of the throats of of bound people and children, and uh, we just have the the stupidity of of the Negro and, well, and how easily is, they're caught. Yeah, what you're missing, Ages, are, are right now these guys are in the Philadelphia jail, and believe me, in the, the jail in Philadelphia, that'll be their pride. They're, they're getting an, an enormous amount of respect from the other inmates. These are very y'all be roasted and shit. Y'all be some bad niggas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. And what's your Damn pride? Everybody geez. knows his pride. 
when, when these guys walk down the aisle, everybody's going to step out of the way. Here come the man. Yeah. Yes, and finally we have the cost of the nigger that we have to then feed and house. Uh, what would that be per year? What, do, what would you guess that is per year? Probably 30, 30, 40 grand, isn't it? That, like that's that. what I would guess, about 30, uh, 35, 40. something yeah, like 35 that. 35 to 40. And, and, this, and think, the frightening part here is, you know, okay, a shark attacks you, but even with a shark there's more reasoning, primitivism is, than there is with the niggers. Like, this may be apocryphal, but uh, someone, someone wrote it to me at one point, and they said, you know, if they don't know what they're going to do because they're driven by low IQ, testosterone, just stupidity. Oh, it seems like a good idea at the time, so we did it. Let their throats drove off in their car. Who? How was I to know they could track cars these days? Never occurred to me. <laughs> Didn't think about it. Just enjoy the, the ride, were low. man. That's how, the that's how were low, dude. <laughs> Something comes up, I slit his throat and steal its gold. I'm on the road. Yeah. I mean, they're they're so used to seeing a lot of other niggers drive around in big Cadillacs, so they figure, yeah, niggers supposed to be driving Cadillacs. And, and here's the thing. <laughs> it's going to look now, perfect. I'll blend right in. Can't see the yeah. forest for the trees. <laughs> yeah, you know, and now yeah. this, this white family that apparently, were, they sounded kind of liberal, but whatever. They sounded fairly accomplished. They probably had some cute kids, and they were described as very they're, nice they're, They were very beautiful kids, as I recall, yeah. And, and now they're gone. That's a, that's a Grand Canyon in a bunch of people's lives. And where do they go to find some echo of their complaints? Can they, can they console themselves at their church? No, their church would hold the fucking sympathy party for the niggers. Can, can they read about people experiencing problems like they have in literature? Not if they've been read anything published in the last 80 years. It's all been Jude. They go to school, they go to salon online, and they're taught, well, you need to learn how to reprocess your eyes to see niggers are just like you, even though they're really not. They go to college and they get whiteness studies. You people are uniquely evil because you tried to discriminate against these vicious, nasty, stupid, impulsive throat slitters. What's wrong with you? You like being told every fucking day of the year that you're crazy, white man? Because if not, we are the only solution you've got. Thank God that we're here, I say. And way ahead of the curve, too. Fuck, we're where it's headed, man. I'll tell yeah, you, it's not heading in that fucking stern shit and the rest of that stuff. We are the solution. If you want a way out of this dilemma, A, it's through the Jews, and B, it's by declaring yourself white. We're white. We're not fucking George Bushites. We're not Democrats, liberals. We're not, you know, idiots who will stick up for murderers like these or fucking Mumia. We're white people. We have white interests. We want a white nation. We're white nationalists. We want our self-determination, just like the lowest nigger that y'all advocate for. Wake up, white man. Don't be a fool like I was. Took a living in D.C. and luckily not getting killed myself to, uh, to come around. You know what almost brought me around? One specific incident. I was walking with a friend through a, a park, and we were just beset by this uh, large uh, heroin addict, uh, a nigger. He was, he was big, and he was just shaking. And I thought, I honestly thought he was going to... Uh, uh, he went up to my friend and was kind of talking to him, and I thought he might be going to attack him. I was just going in that fucking mode, you know, and you're ready to, to... And I just thought, I was so enraged. I never had only maybe one other time in my life a literally murderous feeling come over me like, I want to fucking kill this fucking nigger. I want to kill him. I don't care what the fucking law is. That's what needs to be done. It needs to be done right fucking now. And, you know, what are you going to do? But, you know, that's the, that's the, what gelds us all. What are you going to do? You channel that into BNN and Goy Fire and make a fucking difference where we can create our own nation where we live as sta stable, sane people. 
about these land sharks and, and the Jewish monsters that sick, us, sick them on us and call that moral, call that civil rights. What about my right to walk around and not be molested by some goddamn niggers, not have my kid's throat slit by some fucking nigger who, on an impulse who wanted to steal something? Shouldn't tolerate it, white man. There's things that is wrong to tolerate. And niggers and Jews controlling us is one of them. Yeah, well, we have here a TJB segment. TJB, swastika scam. This is a typical Jewish behavior. If you haven't been paying attention, a French woman who alleged she had been the subject of an anti-Semitic attack invented the story, police sources say. The alleged admission came shortly after she was taken into custody, four days after the alleged assault on a train in the suburbs of Paris. The 23-year-old woman said six men cut her clothes and drew swastikas on her body, assuming that she was Jewish. The woman has been detained for falsely reporting a crime, state prosecutor told uh, Xavier Salvat told AFP News Agency. She could face up to six months in prison and a $7,000 fine if convicted. Well, this victimology is what Jews have done, especially in the Quah, big time, and they've expanded it to where all minorities have been exploited throughout all of human history by white people. So this is uh, their specialty, victimology. And again, uh, they just have it on a mass hypnotist scale. But this particular woman, she was a Jew, right? Uh, yes, she was. Yeah, it was so it was a Jewess. And uh, did she actually uh, etch her own body with knives to make the marks? The swastika? Um, I'm assuming kind of she like did. Like in the movie yeah. The Believer or something, this one was. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, she, what was it? How many uh, swastikas? There was more than one. Was it six men cut her clothes and drew swastikas on her body? So. It took a bit of determination on her part. How many stories have we seen on the forum and worldwide? In fact, Dr. Demarius, who published The Thunderbolt of Truth, was actually collecting these for uh, some time. And, and they're very common. They're very widespread throughout the world. Uh, not only do Jews deserve to be hated because what the, the divisiveness they spread to all humanity, but they, in fact... Uh, uh, just thrive on this kind of thing. It's not uncommon in the least. We just have dozens of stories, I'm sure, on being informed about this. Uh, one faked uh, crime after the other. Not that they don't deserve it, but they'll go so far as to fake it for the attention and for the uh, to, to keep up the myth, the literary myth of this. Uh, uh, do we deserve this? Why do we deserve this? All of the pain, all the angst, the... Uh, the inhumanness of it all. Yeah, well, we see this again in the Holocaust, uh, that an imaginary uh, uh, event is supposed to be a substitute for a real event. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it, it harkens back to the biblical tales and the numbers that they say died in some of these historical events in the Bible. I mean, you know, it was like a quarter, a third of the world's population at the time. They're just absolutely preposterous. So this has 
a long base in their, in their crappy literary myth of the so-called Holy Bible. Uh, there's all this fairy tale, uh, gibberish crap. You know, I may as well be reading uh, the Tales of Narnia has as much reality and meaning as this stuff. And the greatest moral lessons and all of this. I don't think so. I mean, there are some few high flights of poetry or passages, but the greater part of it is just humdrum, just dreary. And, and, and human beings debate this day after day. It's all over the United States AM radio. Between that and sports and hip-hop, that's essentially all it is in that country. Uh, yeah, if, if you compare it to Homer's uh, Odyssey, it's, it's, it's quite inferior. Sure. There are very, very few uh, sparkling passages in, in, in the all of it, in my opinion. But... Uh, what I'm saying is, uh, to go back to these myths about how many died, uh, the, the Jews have specialized in this for thousands of years, in their own literary histories, uh, of their own tales, and, and uh, trumped up numbers. So, um, Well, I think well, it's yeah, the, the Bible shows the spirit of the people, which is to say Jews, and, and even through the beautiful translations and the... And the, the, the uh, Good writing in it, you clearly see the spirit of this people. It's, 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 if anything deserves the adjective mean spirited, the uh, Bible is it. Sure, the God is vindictive, people. hateful, bring me some blood to drink, and pissed off all the time. And it's very Jewish. Yeah, it's utterly, essentially Jew. I mean, it, it is similar to Howard Stern. <laughs> I'm just reading about today on uh, going to serious radio. And how is a God in America? Oh, Pure old that. nasty, stupid. Oh, wipe these people out, kill all the men, women, and children. Only Jews think like that. And you see the tendency wherever you look in Jewish culture, whether it's Seinfeld or whether it's Howard Stern or whether it's whichever uh, hook-nosed kite scribbled the Bible. And it was actually a collection of them. I mean, kind of like the Writers Collective that would have worked with Larry David to produce Seinfeld. You very definitely imagine them doing the same thing. Yeah, as, well, we, Jeff, as, as history or, or something to believe in, it's horseshit. Yeah, well, Jeff, uh, Jeff Beck, uh, Truth is No Defense, the audio uh, program that uh, VNN is also hosting, um, it just did a great uh, program on on Christianity and and it's the Germanic origins uh, behind a lot of things that we find appealing in Christianity, but really aren't a part of. Christianity. Yeah, originally. they culturally borrowed heavily. Sure, they did. Right, it's and like it, they I, say, the good in it's not new, and the new in it's not good. Yeah, and the good in Christianity is. is German was already there before, and the bad in it is Jewish and adventitious, and uh, don't need it. Don't right. need it. And and if you if you take let's say uh, um, uh, Homer's Odyssey as as sort of the the pre-Christian uh, poetic text that reflected let's say, Western people, uh, hijacking of our um, mythology, you see these these themes of, um, or these Germanic themes unfold uh, where honor is prized and defeating your enemies, um, but only being magnanimous towards them after you've defeated them, um, if you choose to do so, and just all of the things where you as a reader relate to the text and f improved by reading them and uplifted. Uh, this is, uh, well, part of our cultural leg legacy that 
that reflects who we are as a people. Yeah, and the Bible does not reflect Aryan people's mindset at all. And it's ironic that these people turn to this stuff and believe in it. I, th I think, if anything, Christianity exacerbates the hatefulness, the, mean, the meanness, and the littleness in people because it encourages them. They all believe they're going to heaven whenever they take polls, even though the Bible says only 1% are going to heaven. <laughs> or uh, only 1% of Christians believe they're going to hell. Whereas the Bible says, you know, the, the way is that they get off. I mean, with an almost sexual pleasure in the thought of their neighbors going to hell. That is what drives the Christians. And so the, the Jewish Bible really brings out the worst in people. Where's the best? And when we act like, like we always have throughout history before the Jews uh, infected us with Christianity. And, you know, like A just says, honor, straightforwardness, truth among ourselves, and vicious hostility toward our enemies. Today, we don't know who our enemies and our friends are, and that's in large measure because of this Judeo-Christianity that places before people, men with small minds, the insanity of eternal life. And you know, all these women who wear around gold and silver crosses as if it's some kind of rabbit's foot talisman, uh, you know, kindness does not trump survival. And... When you drive around this country or the United States and you look at all the churches, it's a, it's a bad sickness. And it's a very juvenile mindset to not grow up and deal with reality as Jews do. They believe that this is the end all, the be all, the end all. Mm -hmm. And that's why they, uh, they go balls out to uh, acquire what they can and do what they can in this, in this realm, in this life. But, uh, you yeah. kind know, of believe in a place. fantasy. We absolutely do. Yeah. Absolutely do. And, those, um, in fact, back when you were, when you were talking about feminism earlier in the show, Alex, it's that very ma same mindset is uh, transferred to religion. That is that, uh, you know, mama knows best and kindness is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, unless it comes to uh, the, the feminist agenda of I get my way no matter what. Uh, no matter what, what it's good for the family. Uh, they make a lot of decisions in even, even nuclear families. It's, it's gone that far, where they actually make all the decisions, and they're very controlling. Not in all, but in, in, in a great number of them, I think. Especially in the younger generation. Well, maybe they're going to breed seedless men, ultimately. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> a closing statements, anyone? We covered a lot. Um, I'm growing horse. That's my closing statement. And we should have it out. I would think before February 1st, <laughs> time for Black History Month and shit. And uh, <coughs> it'll be a celebration of Martin Luther King, the, the wonderful post-AP was or A-plus. I don't know what you want to call him. He was some kind of mammal with dark, sooty skin and proclivity for sexual hijinks with white prostitutes and black males and pretty much anything he could get a hold of in that hotel room. Whatever you can find in the mini bar. Hey, I heard a lot of these prostitute babies have a higher IQ. I hadn't thought about that, and I thought, well, that's pretty curious. You know, these mulattoes—they call them mulattoes. To me, they're niggers, but they have—they're more dangerous because they have a higher IQ. I don't know. Was that in one of yeah. your essays, Alex? Maybe that's I don't think that was me, later. but it, it does stand yeah. to reason, though. It does stand yeah. to reason. So the, therefore, they're a more dangerous animal at that point. Yeah, and angrier too, because mm -hmm. they see what they're lacking. Mm -hmm. Um. If it's okay, I would like to ask people 
to produce some goy fire videos as Tench did with the cabbie. He goes, uh, not me, man. I'm not getting involved. I thought that was very good with the classical piano. I would like to see more. If it's okay to make that sort of invite, Alex and Aegis, because... It, it certainly is. Let's Look, people, you know what's interesting. You know what we talk about. You know the news that's not getting out there. Christ, news for its own sake. Who cares? There's news that people need to know and they need to see, and that there may be something in your area. Well, get on it. How hard is it to tape something and, and post it up, send it to Stan? We'll run with it. It could be 60 seconds or... 20 minutes, it doesn't matter. And the thing is, is uh, it can be put on a podcast. I want people to know this. And Aegis has done a lot of research and, and followed this. And right now there are only 100 people, I guess, in, in the claw yeah. who are producing a regular video content. So if you do this, VNN has the ability to uh, essentially seed the whole world with it. Yeah. Because that's what this video podcast is. And just these machines are in the stores now. You'll see them. I, I'm sure many people have seen them, probably not. Yeah, they're, as the audio podcast was, you know, the last couple sure. of years, well, the video podcast, they're trying to make it a big thing this Christmas, but no, they will. yeah, it's Craig coming. says, right, this is absolutely as much as audio podcasts are cutting edge, well, now now it's video cast on the cutting edge, and let's we can get ahead of it. I mean, that yeah. videotape of Rodney King changed the world, that was shot by a private That's guy right. who just happened to have a camera. The, we need the white nationals versions. He yeah. shot a few, he shot, I think, several minutes, but they only used 91 seconds of it on the airwaves and showed it over and over, so it was biased in favor of the drunk nigger. But my point is, you can change the world, too, if you happen to be in the right time and the right place, or if you, you go looking for it, you know, maybe just find some something that needs to be known that isn't reported, and that covers about 98% of all reality. From where Things I'm in your university, a lot of young people listen to Goyfire, I'm told, and you young students who are bright and prodigies and... You know these yeah. things. You appreciate what we're saying. Hey, you have cameras. Your technology <laughs> hip, and uh, just do it. Send it. Tape your us. idiotic, politically correct, semantically correct professor, mm -hmm. and send us the tape anonymously, and we'll run it. And they'll be screwed. <laughs> it's right. A good thing to do. Get him going off an anti-white rant. We want to know what's going on out there, man. Yeah. <laughs> Wear yeah, those funky glasses <laughs> with a little tape in the middle. <laughs> right, slip your MP3 player in there and just press record yeah. and uh, let the hijinks begin. Let the monkey run. run. That's right. Let the monkey run. Right, because we'll distribute it, it and uh, we have uh, far-reaching listeners uh, from around the world. I connect uh, kid. We know people. We know people uh, who can post podcasts. <laughs> right, it gets out there. It gets out there. So there's something to be said for public shamings, and uh, when your professors act shamefully, uh, it's time to uh, send in the tape and uh, make use yeah, of that. Yeah, make a tape. We'd love, we'd love to see more college students get involved and, and show us how their ridiculousness has uh, increased since I was there in, in the 80s, mid-80s, which is now 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Anything. How often do you guys Amazing. see niggers beating white kids? You know, Get that on tape. Put that up. Right. I mean, they say celebrate diversity. I say celebrate the absurdity of it and send yeah. us the tape uh, because yeah. we'll make something out of it and um, make a difference. We also appreciate comedy, which is just niggers acting like niggers, niggering. Right. Dancing, uh, drinking, you name yeah, it. Dancing like morons atop one-story buildings. They've just looted. Right. Fire to things. We're not particular. 
But, of course, we are the good guys. Don't forget it. Yeah. Um, we'll be here sending you the news they don't. So until next time, America, this is Aegis wishing you the best of goodbyes.